done holding, crossing it. Sinclair looking. Sinclair! Portland have their two-goal lead back. The great Christine Sinclair scores. Rich screamed on someone now, and it's through to Hunt. Charlton is scored! Bobby Charlton gets his 39th goal for England. These guys are sports lunatics. This is the Sports Lunatics Show. Welcome to another edition of the Sports Lunatics. Who are the Sports Lunatics? We're just two regular guys who love sports history. I'm Sean Levine in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And I'm Howie Mooney here in Barrie, Ontario. And you are listening to the Sports Lunatics. We have a website now, Howie. TheSportsLunatics.com. <laughs> And also a YouTube channel, Sports Lunatics. Please, if you're watching us on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe to the channel. Howie, we're going to go a little putty today. Uh, (laughs) And that is, uh, we had two significant announcements. One very sad and one, I would say, bittersweet. Canadian soccer royalty, as we'll call it. And that is the retirement of Christine Sinclair, one of the greatest female soccer players we've ever seen and really put soccer on the map in Canada, especially on the women's side. You could argue she's the greatest soccer player we've ever produced. Announced her retirement from international competition at the age of 40. She's going to finish out the year. She's going to play one more season in the uh, NWSL with Portland, and then hang up her cleats. She may be the greatest female soccer player ever, Shawnee. Uh, She is the international goal-scoring leader as we record this in terms of international games and goals scored in in those competitions. There's uh, no match for her. I, I, I told you a story before we started recording this that when John Herdman got the job as the head coach of the Canadian women's national team. He was nervous because he was thinking he had to impress Christine Sinclair. Uh, You know, this is John Herdman we're talking about. This is a guy who's achieved success wherever he's gone. And he was nervous meeting Christine Sinclair. I mean, that's, what does that say? You know, I remember watching her in the NCAA, the the team that she was on, I believe made it to the, uh, the national championship. I think they won the national championship way back when. And that's sort of when I first heard about her. But then she was this phenom that it was must-see TV. And I remember, I believe it was TSN or one of the, or it could have been Sportsnet, started picking up some of their games. And you got the chance to watch her. And then, of course, when she joined the Canadian national team and see the rise of that program over the years. Now, you mentioned John Herman was a big part of that success of turning you know, riding the ship, but the success and just the enthusiasm of watching these women year in and year out, whether compete for the Olympics or for World Cup berths and then playing in the Women's World Cup or playing in the Olympics, like they captivated our country. 
And very few athletes have had that impact. Now, we talk about women's hockey a lot because we've been very successful in that. But Christine Sinclair and what she has done for female sports in this country is one of the great accomplishments we've seen from any female athlete. When I was a kid, Canadians were very used to being good at hockey and not much else. Uh, it was very, very common. You know, we'd listen on the radio and, you know, Canada in the uh, in track and field today finished 33rd at the Pan Am Games. You know, stuff like that all the time. It's not, not just Christine Sinclair, but I think she helped lead the Canadian women to a, a, a spot that, that we had never seen before. And I, I think a whole bunch of other sports have kind of followed that uh, that podium of excellence or whatever they, the, the, you know, Canada Sport called it, Sport Canada called it. Canada won the Davis Cup last year in tennis. Uh, we were seeing Canadians win regularly on the PGA Tour. Uh, we're seeing Brooke Henderson winning majors in, in women's golf. Uh, we're, we're seeing men's soccer now ascending to, to levels that it's, it's never been before. Basketball is, men's basketball, you know, is, is starting to take off. It's been taking off for a while, but sports in Canada is starting to ascend to a level that in my lifetime, I've never seen before. And I, to me, it's just fantastic. Well, 2012 Olympics, when can the Canadian women, by right, should have played for the gold medal, but that's another topic for another day uh, with their controversial loss to the U.S. In the, in the semifinals. But to see that rise and to see the enthusiasm, and I was part of sports radio in Toronto at that time. Women's soccer was not on our radar that much but then when you saw them progress and just see what they did throughout that tournament and then that game against the u.s and i'll go to wrestling you know sometimes there are wrestlers that that need the championship belt but the ones that don't those are the ones that fans are so captivated by that they're just yearning for a, a championship well that's how we felt about those canadian women because we felt like they got screwed out of a chance to compete for a gold medal fast forward to tokyo and to see them i know they were one of the favorites but i don't know if they were the favorite to win and then circumstances they had a great tournament and they won the gold medal and that was one of the signature moments of being a canadian and just following canadian athletics i'll never forget it i'll never forget where i was i'll never forget the result and you know, there was a new breed of, of, you know, of talent coming in to the national program, but that's because of her. You know, she was still on that team, but a lot of those Team Canada members were inspired by Christine Sinclair. You're absolutely right. Where was Canada pre-Christine Sinclair, you know, in the world, in, in the women? You know, now they're, you know, in the top, they have single digits anyway, in terms of their world ranking, but they weren't before Christine Sinclair got there. She's been such a force in not only in women's soccer in Canada, but in women's sports. Uh, I think of the Beijing Olympics, the Winter Olympics, when, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, the, you know, I'd come home uh, and, and uh, wait uh, late at night to watch the women play. I didn't care about the men's hockey games. I cared about the women's hockey games because I wanted them to win the gold, and they did. It's created an awareness. It's created a, 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 an enthusiasm, I think, for, for women's sports all over the country. I mean, it's all due to Christine. Well, a lot of it's due to Christine Sinclair. She, she's kind of generated the groundswell. 
and and uh, and made it happen. I think with the success of the Canadian women and what Christine Sinclair meant to the Canada soccer program and John Herdman, I, I'm going to give him a lot of credit as well, head coach of that team and those teams that were very successful. And then moving over to the men's side, you know, I think the, that inspired some of our, our male athletes because on the male side, Howie, a lot of our best players would not play in these competitions. Whereas in the female side, you know, that was the core group. They always competed for Canada. And I think with the success of the Canadian women that they had over so many years, that was the message to the men was like, you have to show up. You yeah. have to make the commitment to our country and play. And we have seen that sort of change in philosophy has now produced a World Cup birth. It wasn't successful, but at least they finally got on the right path. And it, it feels like there is a better path on the male side, but I think a lot of it had to do with Christine Sinclair and the ladies. And John Herdman as well. You're right. We're starting to see that blueprint go into other sports as well. Uh, you look at Canada basketball and what they've done in terms of creating that kind of nucleus of players that show up every summer to just play together and uh, what it's resulted in, 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 in terms of what we saw this past summer, uh, go, them going, you know, qualifying for the world FIBA world cup, that blueprint uh, you're right. It, it was a catalyst in women's soccer. It moved over to men's soccer and we're starting to see it in other sports as well. And I will also say this, she is one, we talk about her on field accomplishments off the field has been a big voice in trying to get better pay, better equality for the women's program versus the men's in terms of money. It's still not really rectified right now, but she has been a leading voice of that. And again, I, I feel like she is one, you know, we, we did a show on Billie G. King and her impact. I think Christine Sinclair, whether people know it or not, is that voice for Canadian women's sports. I, I really believe that. Good for her. I mean, more kudos to her. The, the more that we move along in, in time, I mean, and, I mean, who knows how many years I have left, but, uh, you know, the, I love seeing everybody participating and everybody playing. And I love seeing the fact that Canada now is, is becoming a force in so many different sports, not just hockey. Now going to England, true soccer royalty, the sad announcement that Sir Bobby Charlton had passed away at the age of 86. I am going to be honest with you, Howie. I uh, was not around to see much of his success, but I knew the name Bobby Charlton from friends who were big English soccer fans, along with George Best, spearheaded England to the 1966 World Cup Championship. The last one for England, it happened on English soil at Wembley Stadium in London in 1966. But reading and seeing documentaries and, and the news reports of his passing, I'll bring it to North America. He was the Wayne Gretzky of English soccer, or at least that's the way he's been portrayed in media circles of just the impact on and off the pitch. And Bobby Charlton passing away at 86, remarkably 
1958 survived a plane crash that wiped out a part of the Manchester United team. And he was one of the younger players on that team. His career really just got started and survived this plane crash. It's a remarkable story. If you uh, do some digging and, and watch some of the documentaries on his life and just the impact that that plane crash had on the rest of his life, that he was spared and was able to have the career that he had. When I think of of, the, of that time, I think of Bobby Charlton and Georgie Best. Uh, they were always talked about. I don't know if you remember, but you were too young. In about 1970, I think I, I discovered this thing on public television. It was Monty Python. And they often would throw in Georgie Best references, uh, you know, it, it, here and there. Those those guys, when it came to everything in, in British culture, football is massive. And I remember reading Ken Dryden's book, The Game, and he talked about Canada's angst at uh, being the, the inventor of hockey uh, and yet having difficulty winning world titles and different things. Uh, it was the same in England, in the United Kingdom with football. Uh, they invented it. And yet 1966 is their last championship and Bobby Charlton and Georgie Best were on that team. When he retired, Charlton held all the scoring records for England and, you know, for the national team, but also English premiership as well for Manchester United. Put that program on the map, carried, you know, the success. And then once he was done, you know, also went into management. He was the face of Manchester United for so many years, and uh, we recently lost him at the age of 86. And the tributes have been amazing, just hearing the impact he had. Just like we're just talking about in Canada with Christine Sinclair, how many young men he influenced to wanting to play soccer. That 1966 World Cup championship burned so many uh, talented English boys to wanting to play soccer uh you know it's like us in canada you know when you're born if you're uh, a male or now female you're you're playing with a hockey puck and a stick and in england that's what they were doing i want to pay tribute to bobby charlton one of the great ambassadors of sport of english soccer well done well done shawnee now you know we always do a lot of celebration of lives of of well-known athletes that affected us or influenced us and usually the big four sports we just talked about Bobby Charlton in in English football but immediately when I when I saw the story that Dunk Wilson had passed away at the age of 75 and for those that, that don't follow the NHL very closely Dunk Wilson was a goaltender in the 70s played on a lot of bad teams what it brought me back to, Howie, you know, a special time in our lives. Dunk Wilson was one of the first hockey cards I ever had. And I remember specifically the hockey card of Dunk Wilson. And I always was fascinated because I'm like, Dunk is a weird name. <laughs> and I was like seven or eight at the time. I always remember Dunk Wilson. Now, Immaculate Grid, for those that, that know it, you're, you're likely addicted to it like I am. I have a bunch of buddies and I that play it every day. But the other day, we were talking about Dunk Wilson. 
And what teams did he play for? You know, I remember him in a Pittsburgh uniform, but he also, Howie, was one of the first goaltenders for the Vancouver Canucks and history lesson had the very first shutout in Canucks history. Yes. Had a terrible record that year, but one of his victories was a shutout. Well, they were not a good team. I mean, they were an expansion team and they were an expansion team in the true sense of the word expansion team. It's so different today when we see teams coming into the, to the league. And I understand they're paying a lot of money to get into this, this club, you know, that is the NHL or whatever the, the, the league that the, the expansion teams are coming into. And so it's, it's kind of incumbent upon the league to give them a chance to, to have a competitive team. And we're seeing that, you know, in Vegas, we're seeing that in Seattle, uh, you know, all these new teams coming in and being successful almost right away. It wasn't that way back in my, in my day, we saw teams like Vancouver and Buffalo come into the NHL in 1970 and they struggled. They did. They really struggled. And so for a guy like Dunk Wilson to be able to, to record a shutout, that kind of a team, that is an accomplishment, uh, Absolutely. Dunk Wilson played for five teams, the Flyers, the Canucks, the Leafs, the Rangers, and the Penguins. Had a playing career from 1968 to 1979. Like I said, didn't really have the greatest career, but, you know, it's funny. A lot of people I do talk to and and we know, they know the name Dunk Wilson. They just do. Uh, You know, especially in the Leafs, played a couple of seasons there. So you would see him on Hockey Night in Canada. Like I said, uh, played uh, a big role in the early incarnation of the Vancouver Canucks. Somebody posted one of his hockey cards from his time in Vancouver. And the way he was standing there, you know, with the stick and the glove, I looked at it and I thought, hey, Dunk Wilson, what what's going on? And I, I mean, and then I saw that he had passed away and I was just looking at hockey reference to see who else was on his team uh, in Vancouver in the early seventies. And I saw a guy that I played ball with in the interprovincial league back in, you know, the early eighties, Brian McSheffrey played with the 67s was drafted by, by Vancouver played with the Canucks with Dunk Wilson and played in Buffalo as well. Chef was a great, great ball player and an even better hockey player. Now here's one more in that expansion year. They had a chance. They could have picked either Gilbert Perrault and they picked Dale Talent. Well, no, there was there's a story behind that too, Shawnee. They spun a carnival wheel to determine who would get the first pick between Buffalo and Vancouver. And Buffalo won it and got Gilbert Perrault. And Vancouver picked second and took Dale Talent. So, yeah, there's that. Wow. They spun a carnival wheel to determine who would get the first pick. Did they have background music? Gilbert Perot goes to Buffalo. I think that I think that Clarence Campbell, the dour Clarence Campbell, I'm just imagining somebody pitching to him the idea of a carnival wheel. Think about this though: in the day and age that we live in, and I'm actually being very serious. That may happen at some point oh. of just how outrageous it could. That would be a made for TV extravaganza. Yeah. Could you imagine the draft lottery and that's how they picked it? 
Well, it's kind of like that now where you have Bill Daly coming over with the cards and saying, picking number three. But that's why Columbus- could you imagine if you put all the teams on a carnival <laughs> wheel? But you did it in a way where you'd have to reduce the amount of teams yeah. that could be on it. Yeah, the, the non-playoff like teams. The, the Price is Right wheel. <laughs> exactly, exactly. By the way, these are the types of conversations that happen on the Sports Lunatics. As we're trying to remember the life of Dunk Wilson and end <laughs> up talking about carnival wheels at an NHL draft lottery. But that's why we love doing the show. Yeah. Any last thoughts on Dunk Wilson? Um, I was surprised that he was living down in Honduras. I mean, uh, it's it's not a, a bad place. I mean, I'm, I'm no. sure that, uh, you know, you get a nice place by the beach for a good price down there. Uh, I've heard Costa Rica is the same way. And, uh, you know, if I retire, I might retire down to Costa Rica or something. We may be doing the show on a beach someday. <laughs> and I'd be okay with that. With Snoop Dogg and and uh, Eli Manning and uh, and who else? Andy oh, Samberg. You're killing me. You're killing oh. me. And on that note, that is the perfect way to end this edition of the Sports Lunatics. I'm Sean Levine in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And I'm Howie Mooney here in Barrie, Ontario. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Check us out, thesportslunatics.com and the YouTube channel, Sports Lunatics. Also, Howie, a quick plug, more crazy days and wild nights. I, I love the reaction that, that I get from people when they hear about the little stories, because there's so many little stories in, in both books, the in Crazy Days and Wild Nights and in More Crazy Days and Wild Nights. And uh, Frank Beaton, the uh, the hockey player that played in the WHA, the cops were waiting for him, uh, you know, uh, after a game because he had punched a, uh, a gas station attendant the year before and uh, they couldn't catch him. He was playing for Birmingham in Cincinnati. A couple of cops were behind the bench. 10 minutes left in the game, he gets on his hands and knees and, and crawls out uh, behind the bench and into the dressing room. Uh, guys put him in a hockey bag. They load him on the truck. The truck drives out of the city limits. The bus meets him. He gets out of the out of the bag and and joins his team, and they, they come back. The next year, they go back to Cincinnati, and there were a bevy of cops waiting for him. You know, <laughs> he, he gave him the slip one time. They weren't going to let him give him the slip a second time, and they... He, he left the ice at the end of a period and tried to hide in the other teams uh, in the Cincinnati Stingers stick room. And eventually, you know, he's, he's hiding, like pretending to he's a bunch of Sherwood PMPs. Uh, the cops find him and, and put him in jail. And he's in there for five days before Jacques Demers, who's the coach of the Stingers, not Glenn Sonmore, the coach of the Birmingham Bulls. Jacques Demers comes and bails him out. Uh, that's one of the stories, little stories like that. It, yes, it all takes place in a sports milieu, but it's all about the people that are involved in these crazy, wild things. And the book is More Crazy Days and Wild Nights. Howie, thanks again for another great show. And we will talk to you next week. And to everybody listening and watching, have a great sports day. <laughs>